Don't worry, I have not given anyone context into why they're here. So if you feel out of place, <laughs> you can bring the mic down. Not only are you freaked out by being put in front of a microphone, but you... I have no idea what's going on. What's yeah. I, I, this is a, this is a, a surprise interview. Yeah, it's a okay. podcast. Got it. You're episode nine. Okay. We're talking about creativity. Okay. And I felt like I needed to go out and grab a developer okay. to get that perspective, that point of view on creativity. Because okay. the whole point of this is demonstrating and discussing the different points of view or the different processes of creativity. And so we've talked to designers, we've talked to writers, and we've now branched out to account people, to to head of people operations. And so I need the developer's point of view. You guys are creative in what you do, but you do it in such a different way. Mm -hmm. the, what a designer does versus what a developer does are opposites of the spectrum and yet the same exact thing. Right. So talk to me a little about what is creativity from your perspective and what you do. Okay. So I think both the designer and the, the developer, they both have a problems they need to solve and they need to figure out ways to get there. So like which path to take. I think that's in some ways how they're similar. Creativity for me, um, it depends on the context of so creativity uh, applied to solving a design problem is different than creativity, you know, drawing a, a picture. There's no rules really when you're painting or whatever, but when you're coding or you're solving a design problem, then you have to follow a strict set of rules that uh, meet the goals of the problem you're trying to solve. You can say the same thing about writing. Yeah. There's rules to writing. Right. There's guidelines. Right. And um, I imagine similar to code is you understand those rules, those guidelines to such a degree that when you're an expert at it, you also find the ways to break those rules, to to build upon them, or to to bring in new you know ways of thinking right. to to solve those challenges. Right. 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 Yeah. So oftentimes, like, so there's already problems that are are solved when you're when you're developing something. You never want to reinvent the wheel. So there's that's why like half half a job uh, half the job is just googling and finding how <laughs> other people solve problems. But you know, I want to say maybe you know the other half is actually solving problems that haven't been solved before and that's where you have to really leverage your your creative thinking a lot of times it's just trial and error so like trying something in code it doesn't work and you just keep trying until it it does what it's supposed to do but yeah you do have to think creatively and sometimes out of the box to get something to work so i guess i guess it's similar to like writing because from a writer's perspective you have to you have to write something so that the reader can comprehend it Mm -hmm. uh, from a developer's perspective, you have to write something so the computer can, can comprehend it. Right. <laughs> so now talk to me about yeah. your approach to, to your work, because like a writer, mm -hmm. you have to, to understand the computer. You mm -hmm. have to know how to communicate with it and you have to solve for a business's challenges. You have to work with a designer. You know, there's a visual component to the thing you're doing. How do you approach it? How do when you wake up in the morning, do you have a process when you're here and you get stuck? What do you do? Right. How do you work with your creativity to keep it moving like a machine? So often when I'm stuck, I think when any developer is stuck or in a, I guess, let's say, let's call it a creative rut. Let's like, let's say there's a bug I'm trying to fix. And that's like the equivalent of a writer's block or whatever. I find the best, the best way to solve it and get through it get through the other side is talking through it uh, with another developer. Just, they call it rubber ducking in developer speak. But Why just, rubber ducking? I think the story behind rubber ducking is talking through a problem for whatever reason is like helps you vocalizing it, helps you think more clearly. And so I think there was a company 
a group of developers who sometimes they didn't have someone to talk to, so they would just have like a rubber duck and put the, <laughs> pretend that person that rubber duck was a person and talk through the problem with the rubber duck. Wow. And from then on, they just called it rubber ducking. I love that. <laughs> it really is amazing. Sometimes just like if I'm stuck, I'll have a developer come over and say like, hey, can you help, help me? I'm like, I'm trying to figure out this this problem I'm running into and, they and just like quack at you and like sometimes just having them st- like without even saying anything as soon as they like step over and they're like behind my shoulder like it clicks yeah. it's like it's just a weird psychological thing so for me that's like one one way to solve just like talking vocalizing and yeah. talking through it I've had a yeah. similar thing with almost everyone here is familiar with my processes I need to move mm. and if I'm staring at a screen mm-hmm. I, I can't get done so I need to move and a couple agencies ago we were in a meeting and a brainstorm about a big a big climb meeting coming up and we were all so stuck. We're all sitting in the main conference room in our chairs, just kind of lounge back. Nothing's happening. No ideas are flowing. And someone had that the idea to get a football to throw around. They get, went out, grabbed a football, came in and threw it and I caught it. And as soon as it touched my fingers, I threw out an idea. And it was nice. amazing. It's just somehow that yeah. changed my perspective. Right. I wasn't yet moving, but in that moment, the idea came to me. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, it's just, it puts you into a different, uh, I guess, putting yourself into a different environment, putting yourself into a different context just changes. Yeah, it just changes the way you think. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I think, yeah, other ways I like get my, I, I always have like a task, obviously, before like coming into work that I'm build or solve. Our architecting is, is, is a big, is a big thing. So I think there's a creative art to architecting a solution. Explain that to me. So before you can just sit down and just start coding, you have to, you have to plan things. You have to figure out, um, what goes where, how different comp- components are going to communicate with each other, what existing solutions can you can you use. See, I think that's if we continue with yeah. the you know the comparison of mm-hmm. a writer to a developer, that's a place right there where I'd be different and I'd be different in comparison to some other writers. Mm. So some like to map out everything they're going to write. Right, like an outline, right? Yeah. yeah. And I like to just dump it. I like sure. to free flow. Right. And I don't like to plan sure. per se. So sometimes if, let's say a brand articulation, we're, re- we're rebranding someone mm-hmm. and it's a, it's components of, you know, business values, mission, vision, uh, voice and tone, the persona, mm-hmm. personification and manifesto and, and all these components. Some people look at it and they say, deliver the first chunk that you're going to do. Give me the vision first. And my brain doesn't process that way. Mm. I write one thing and as long as it needs to be. And everything is inside that. So I will go for walks. I'll screw around on the internet. Mm-hmm. I'll go out for a lunch. And then I'll just brain dump. Right. And then all I do is just and edit then he... and move things around. And it's all in there. Right. So I can't show someone a work in progress. And I can't show them how I'm going to get there. Right. I can't show them my plan, my strategy. Interesting. Because it's all, it's in there. Same thing with like the way you approach scripts. You just you throw yeah. out everything in your head. Just throw it out. Yeah. And then you, then you see what's on the ground and you just... And then you sort of timeline it. Shift things around. Move things around. Interesting. So yeah, it's impossible to show someone my work in progress. Or they're going to be looking at something that's incomprehensible and too long to even bother reading. Interesting. So that's different approaches of creatives. And for someone to tell me to make a plan, to craft your methodical approach, is against my creative nature. Sure, sure. And so that's what these conversations is to understand someone else's, their approach. So you... Like to have that plan. Yeah, and there's other developers who use the same technique you do. You do. Chamber, uh, Adam Chambers will often just like, and I do it too sometimes. It depends on the project. I'll just like start coding, like trying to put something together, and then I'll refactor it and like 
you know, make it scale and look nice, like make the code look nice and all that. But that's people definitely like use that approach in, in development as well, for sure. Yeah. Now, I think one element of creativity in our creative work, I use the phrase, ba- the term babies, like mm-hmm. these are our babies. We put ourselves into this. We bleed for this, right? Is that something that happens in the developer world? Do you put together an app? put together a website, whatever it is. And then you go, this is my baby. I bled for this. Yeah. You want to change what? There's no hundred percent. Yeah. It's, and it's bizarre because like the only other develop, another developer will see something that you, you change, but still like, like you, every character you put down and every, the way you architect it was, is for a reason. And so like, it's, you become very attached to your, to the code base. And like, it's, it's poetic in many ways. Like it's developers even want the code to like, to look nice. Like developers will like sometimes spend like way more time than they should just making the syntax highlighting look a certain way. I do the same thing with, I'm writing copy for something. If there's three things, all three of those are the same, exact same size. Interesting. And I'll give it to someone like Pringle and I'll be like, huh, you, you see? And, the, and he's like, okay, right, okay, right. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but I'm like, why don't you appreciate this? Right, right, it's the exact same number of characters. <laughs> you know, each of those is 300 characters, you right, know, whatever right. it is. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. It's amazing how many parallels there are. And But uh, yeah, I, I personally get very attached to obviously the end product, but yeah, also even the code base. Yeah. yeah. And now outside of this work, you you have a side hustle. You have creative outlets in that you are the master of cryptocurrency. <laughs> now, the work you've done, the groups you're with, the certifications you have, do you approach that work differently than you do the work you're, you do in these walls? Because there is a personal side of what you're doing there. You, per, you pursued that on your own. Right. No one paid you to do that. No one asked you to do that. Right. That's so, not your job. You went for it. No. Like as soon as I... As long as I feel ownership of a pro- of a project, like sufficient ownership, it doesn't matter the context. Like once I start putting pen to paper or zero zero ones to the computer, uh, like I I become very attached and I'll put I'll bleed I'll bleed through it. It doesn't matter if it's my passion project or the project I'm working on for my full time job. Yeah, that's just my personality. Like once I once I start. I get invested in whatever it is I'm doing. I don't want to make sure it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Now, one thing about creativity, I think there's a link that this episode nine, I think, and we haven't discussed it on any episode. And yet I know it's a component in a lot of people's lives mm-hmm. and that's how their work and their creative self is tied to music. Mm-hmm. And so I know you, you play the guitar, you were in a sense a musician. Mm-hmm. How does music tie to your work? Uh, like the way I write code or? Specifically yeah. in the in the creative sense. So uh-huh. how do you tackle challenges? How do you approach problems? Mm-hmm. How do you think through your strategy or your architecture? Gotcha. Well, I so think there's a lot of yeah. music and code, music and writing. Like yeah, they simu- say you use, use the same part of your brain. Yeah, yeah. I guess like um, both require like thinking in patterns. Um, you got you have to be able to identify patterns in like whether it's music writing or coding. Uh, you have to think very visually. Like you have to be able to see in your inner mind what what it is you're creating in the moment and what it is like you're you want to create like in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both your the end product is something that another being will interact with, so you you have another party in mind when you're creating that you have to make sure that whatever it is you're creating will resonate with that 
person in some way. So I think that that's another similarity. I think the, yeah. the you said the seeing, I think that's interesting uh-huh. is maybe something I need to explore with people is uh-huh. we talk about VAK styles of learning, right. visual, auditory, kinesthetic. Right. I wonder if there's a VAK of creativity. So you say you see something, uh-huh. you can see the, the structure of it. Right. I hear things. Interesting. So yes, I, I believe so there's a music to yeah. writing. I'm, I'm not right. in music. I've right. never played an instrument in my life. Right. I was strumming the guitar yeah. next to Chambers desk a moment ago. I think that's the second time I've ever touched a guitar in my life. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I believe in the music of writing. Right. There's, there's changes to sentences and sure. paragraphs I make that yeah. I can't explain, but I just right. know that the music is off if it's not done. Yeah. That's so interesting. And yeah. I can, I hear, I, I do enough of the work so that the work in essence happens without thought uh someone i can't i think it was liz gilbert uh writer talked about the little man behind her eye who was the one doing the work he was the one doing the writing and i I love that because i do feel like i I get to a point where when i do that brain dump that long brain dump all that's flowing out of me is not mine it is it is a there's a music to it i love the idea that it's divine right i'm in some sort of frenzy at the moment yeah and i can't control it that's awesome but i think there is you know music hearing things, seeing things, there's a, a VAK essence that's happening in our minds right. and each of us are a little different. Right. So, right. you know, you're a visual right. guy and so you need to see structure and architecture yeah. and I'm auditory and I need to hear a flow and I need to hear how things piece together, right. not visually, but to my ear. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote uh, a script recently for a client right. what equated to 45 minutes mm-hmm. of production time straight, n- no stoppage. And I wrote it in one draft uh-huh. because i could hear the conversation happening in my head whoa i had done enough research done enough work done enough thinking yeah. over time that when i came down when it came down to me sitting in front of my computer i could hear the two females talking to each other that's cool and so they that's were cool. joking yeah. they were making fun of each other yeah. and it was just flowing you must have do you have like really uh vivid dreams yes <laughs> that's awesome Scary that's, vivid dreams. Yeah. Yeah. that's so cool all right i'm gonna let you get back to work all right Thank you for doing this. Yeah. One last request, which is now I'm asking of everyone, give them a name to this podcast. Um, I, li- <laughs> I like that you you didn't tell me you were interviewing me. It was uh, it was like a um, what, what's the word when you like an attack, assault. Yeah, like it was, yeah, it was an an assault in a way. I I um no, what's the word where like you're like in in a busy street and then all of a sudden like a bunch of people start dancing like coordinated uh, dancing uh flash mob yeah it's like a flash interview i guess flash interview yeah all right <laughs> thank you adam sofer thank you bye bye